We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast it is rivalry week welcome to this edition of the pack a day podcast it is thursday october 14th 2021 i am your host i'm jacob westendorf and you can follow me on twitter at Jacob Westendorf. Subscribe to the podcast, Pack a Day Podcast. Give us a like, subscribe, rating, constructive feedback, anything you want. Make sure those reviews that you give have five stars, though. We certainly like those. And for any of my work that you want to find, you can find me here on the Pack a Day Podcast every Thursday, like you've grown so accustomed to. And you can find me over at Game On Wisconsin. Game On Wisconsin, Game On WI.com is the website. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Wherever your heart desires, hit that little subscribe button, hit that like button. We'd be more than happy to bring you some more Packers content. I, over there, am the head cheese, as Ross Uglum, my colleague here, likes to call me. And I host the Pick 6 podcast, which comes out every Wednesday. Uh, today, I was with joined by Frank Gargano, a lifelong Bears fan who's currently stationed in Toledo, Ohio, talking some Bears and Packers and, of course, you can find some more work of mine over at Packer Report. And I have an article that comes out every Monday and every Friday over at Packer Report. So plenty of stuff if you want to hear my takes on the Green Bay Packers. And I am going to be flying solo tonight. Maggie Loney, Jimmy Christensen, both unavailable due to various scheduling conflicts. So you just get me. And my apologies for that because I know those two carry this show on a week-by-week basis. But as I mentioned... The Packers play the Chicago Bears this Sunday. It is at Soldier Field. One interesting tidbit, the Bears are going to be wearing some throwback jerseys, so the Packers will be wearing green on Sunday at Soldier Field. So I think that is maybe an interesting factoid only to me, but I always am a little interested when something like that happens. So Bears wear white, Packers wear green. If you are superstitious like I used to be, adjust your plans accordingly and wear the jersey color of the team uh, that matches there. So in this case, you would have to wear green to match on that. But there's a game on the field, and that's going to be far more important. That's not going to be decided by what jersey color any of these teams are wearing. So the Packers, they may very well be wearing their home jerseys. The joke I like to make is, well, they've made Soldier Field their second home 
over the last uh, 30 years or so, approximately. Uh, since 2011, the Packers are 19-3 and against the Chicago Bears, as pointed out by the Packers wire, Zach Cruz, earlier this week. And one of those three wins that the Bears have had are at Soldier Field. So for those of you keeping track, that means the Bears are not very good at home against Green Bay in the last 10 years. And it's really not that great of a record if you go back to really when Brett Favre started becoming the quarterback. It is a complete one-sided rivalry, uh, if you want to call it that. I have been on the record saying that this is not a rivalry anymore because it is not a rivalry if the other team does not hold up their end of the bargain. The Packers have just had their way with Chicago. Uh, Like I mentioned, I can name those three losses off the top of my head, which means there aren't very many to begin with. Uh, For the Packers, they obviously had one. Uh, Since 2011, it would have been Thanksgiving night uh, when the Packers retired Brett Favre's jersey. There was a few years before that when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. So you can, I mean, there are no asterisks, but you can kind of throw an asterisk on that one as well. And then, of course, a couple years ago when the Bears won the division, the worst Packers team in recent memory, Mike McCarthy had gotten fired shortly after that, or shortly before that, excuse me, and the Packers just weren't a very good football team that year. But that is it. It was the only games the Bears have won against the Packers since 2011. And like I mentioned, since 1992, it's not all that much better. They had a very significant lead in the series, and the Packers currently lead that series uh, by six games, I believe is the number now, which is just incredible considering where the rivalry was beforehand. Uh, The Bears obviously owned a large portion of the 70s and the 80s in their heyday, but then Brett Favre came along, Aaron Rodgers came along uh, after him, and the Packers have owned this quote-unquote rivalry ever since. But not a rivalry because the Bears don't win. And I think that people that – kind of disagree with me on that. I always say, of course it's a rivalry. Like, why wouldn't you want it to be that blah, blah, blah. I think that's the biggest insult that I can give to the Chicago bears. And that I'm not even like, I don't even worry about them. I'm not concerned about the Chicago bears because I know green Bay has a massive advantage in those two games every year. And it's just not something that I concern myself with too much. You know, winning the NFC North certainly matters, but I've said this a lot this year, this Packers team, cannot be compared to the rest of the division fodder that is the NFC North with a bad, bad, bad Detroit Lions team, a remarkably below average Minnesota Vikings team, and probably an average at best, if not below average Chicago Bears team. This Packers team is Super Bowl or bust, title or disappointment, whatever phrasing you want to use to get this Packers team, they are compared to the 49ers, the Cardinals, the Rams. I don't even know if you can throw the 49ers in that anymore, but the best of the NFC, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, teams like that. Those are the teams the Packers need to be compared to because this is a Super Bowl caliber team. So what's the biggest insult you can give a Bear fan and said, I don't even think about you at all. I don't think about the Bears at all. I don't watch them on Sundays. I don't care. I don't need to make fun of them. Their play on the field makes fun of themselves enough, and it's done that. For, like I said, almost the last 30 years, they are a gift that never ceases to give. So when somebody asks you what's the best rivalry in the NFL, the answer is the Steelers and the Ravens might be the might be another one. You know, the Cowboys and the Eagles, the Cowboys and the Giants, just to name a couple that come to mind. Peyton Manning against Tom Brady. If you want to call that a rivalry, you certainly can, but it is not the Packers and the Bears because the Bears get the crap kicked out of them almost every time 
they play the Packers. And I enjoy watching the week play out because I am a Packers fan that lives in Bears territory. And what you get is it's almost like in a circle, you know, off season, everything talks about how everything changes. Everybody in you know the Chicago region that has a Chicago Bear fandom affiliated with them says everything's changing. You know, this is going to change this. First, it was, you know, trading for Khalil Mack or hiring Matt Nagy or drafting Mitchell Trubisky. And now this year it was drafting Justin Fields and Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be here and blah, blah, blah. And everything has stayed the same for 30 years. So if you have any Bear fans listening to this episode, I'm going to tell you the same thing that I tell you every single year. Do not ever forget who your daddy is. And your daddy is the Green Bay Packers. Now I'm going to let's move into the actual game because how the Packers played against the Bears 10 years ago isn't going to have any bearing, no pun intended, how this game comes out on Sunday afternoon. And it is a, a bigger game. Uh, the Bears are three and two. They've beaten the Bengals, who the Packers we just saw in maybe the weirdest game I've seen in quite some time. Take on the Bengals. Uh, that certainly was a fun one. Uh, if, if maybe you need some therapy after that, I certainly could use a little bit myself. Uh, but the Bears beat them. Uh, they then have beaten the Las Vegas Raiders and the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Raiders are a mess right now. They've got a lot of things going on. I don't need to get too far into that. You guys know the deal. John Gruden's a scumbag, and I think we can just leave it at that. The Lions are awful, and they're going to be awful for a while. And that's that's who the Bears have beaten. Uh, they lost to the Rams, and they lost to the Cleveland Browns. And again, you know, those are the two better teams. And makes me wonder, are the Bears the good, bad team? Are they the team that Bill Simmons coined this phrase, I believe. And it was a, the idea is that this team beats all the teams that they are better than, but nobody that is better than them. And they're not actually good. It's a, it's a good, bad team in that case. They're a bad team, but they're like the best of the bad teams, the cream of the crap, if you will. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I do think that Chicago has some things that certainly play in their favor as the season goes down the stretch. The biggest thing being, they might have the best pass rush in all of football so far earlier this season. Now I know they had some DNPs today. Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks didn't participate, but if those guys play their pass rush led by Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn and Akeem Hicks, I mean, that is Mack is the best edge player in the division with all due apologies to Zadarius Smith. I'm sorry. That's true. Robert Quinn, who decided to play football this year, as my friend uh, Frank Gargano put it, uh, he's played very well and done well. And Akeem Hicks gives me nightmares. That guy is just somebody that I think eats interior offensive linemen for lunch, which is why it's a positive thing. It's positive anyway, but especially this week that the Packers are potentially getting back. Josh Myers, their starting center, and Elton Jenkins, who could play – he'll probably play left tackle. I think he should play left tackle if, if he's healthy. He's far and away the best left tackle on the roster if David Bakhtiari is not able to play. Uh, but the Bears, they have a lot of things going in their favor on the defensive side of the ball. The question I just have is on their offense, you know, Justin Fields has played the last couple of weeks. Uh, from what I've gathered, watching, you know, bits and pieces, catching up on film, talking to Bears fans, stuff like that. It's a lot of match protect because they can't block anybody. And they just put one of their starting tackles on injured reserve. That's not going to help. And Justin Fields, I mean, I give him all the credit in the world. I remember the moment I fell in love with Justin Fields as a college prospect. It was against Clemson in the college football semifinal where he takes a vicious hit from a linebacker, clean hit, but a vicious one. And he's injured on the play. Uh, he comes back his first play back. He throws a touchdown pass and it's just tough as nails uh, in his young career. He's taken a lot of hits 
They've already had him worked up for two different injuries. He had a hand injury one week, a knee injury. He's working through now with a hyperextended knee. I do, if I'm Chicago, I am worried about the, not the durability, but just the ability to keep this guy healthy. This is your franchise. And the Bears can't block anybody. And you saw that his first start against Cleveland where I know everybody wanted to blame Matt Nagy for that, but I don't know what you do when you can't block anybody. Like you can't just, you can't max protect on every single play, especially when you're trailing like that. Like you need to make plays down the field to try and win the game. They just couldn't block Miles Garrett. And not a lot of people can. You know, Miles Garrett might be the best edge player in all of football. He is very good, a defensive player of the year type of candidate in this young part of the season. So we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On their offensive side of the ball, when you look at it, they have a nice running back duo, Damian Williams. Uh, some argue could be a Super Bowl MVP. That's I am not one of those people, but somebody can make that argument if they'd like. And Khalil Herbert had a good week last week. Uh, the Bears' identity right now is a lot on the offensive side of the ball, is a lot of what you're used to uh, or what you think of when you hear the name Chicago Bears. Now, granted, a lot of things can change throughout the course of the season, but their identity right now is pound a rock, play good defense, and try and win games that way. And their defense, to their credit, is is very good. And But that's not what I'm looking at tonight. I'm looking at the Bears' offense and against a Green Bay defense that really, outside of the first six quarters of the season, has been pretty damn good. Uh, you can look at the Niners game. Yeah, they gave up 28 points. They gave up what could have been a game-winning score, but there were a lot of weird things that happened in that game that, you know, you can't take plays away, but if you take a play here or there away, the Packers win that game by two scores. They were good against Joe Burrow and those wideouts that Cincinnati has. They have a lot of good ones. And Jamar Chase is really the only one that had a big impact on the game. And honestly, he, if Darnell Savage can break up a pass that he'll tell you he should have broken up at minimum, or at least, at least broken up, if not intercepted from him having what 80 yards receiving, Considering the fact that the Packers are without Jair Alexander, that's a huge deal. So I look forward to that matchup this week, seeing Eric Stokes go up against Allen Robinson. I think that'll be the assignment he draws more often than not. The rest, Darnell Mooney's a nice deep threat. He does some nice things in the intermediate game, but this Bears passing game just isn't going to scare you that much down the field. And consistently throughout the game of making just big chunk plays. So the Packers... They just need to do a good job, honestly, I think, of limiting that run game, which they've done. They have yet to allow a 100-yard rusher this season. 
Uh, that doesn't mean they've played great against the run, but they've done better this year. They haven't been gashed in the run game against a lot of these teams. So that's a positive thing, certainly. And against a team that's going to come in and want to run the football down your throat, you have to be able to stop that running game and make them one-dimensional. Because when you're able to make the Bears one-dimensional and just go after the quarterback, one, yes, it is okay to say this. Justin Fields does struggle with getting through progressions quickly. He's a rookie. That's normal. Trevor Lawrence struggles to get through. You know, you name your rookie quarterback. Justin Herbert last year had struggles with that, and he's one of the best rookie quarterbacks we've seen in recent memory. But he's going to struggle with that, and any quarterback struggles when his clock is sped up. So whether that's Tom Brady all the way down to now rookie Justin Fields. So if you could pin your ears back, it could be a really big day for Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, and Rashawn Gary. And the advanced stats show very, very well for most of those guys, uh, specifically Gary and Clark, to potentially start getting some sack numbers racked up. And I think I look forward to seeing something like that because Gary really, there was a the Steelers game, I think they said his pass rush win rate was like 70% which is incredible, just doesn't have the numbers to show for it. And he's getting better on each and every week. And I know that a lot of people maybe think that I'm biased because I always say that's my son, but I've been critical when I need to be, and I think he's gotten better each and every week. And you have Jason Peters' corpse playing left tackle. And I don't even – I mean, the right tackle was German if Ifedi, and he's on injured reserve. So the Bears' right tackle situation – right now is a little uncertain. And then you add in the fact that the rest of their offensive line, it's not like that was a strength of the team when they were fully healthy anyways. I mean, they have some nice players on the interior. I think James Daniels is a nice player. Uh, Cody Whitehair, obviously, is somebody that I think is a nice player. He plays guard for them. Right now, uh, our lads, their depth chart lists, Lachavius Simmons, who is a 2020 seventh-round pick as their starter at right tackle. Now, that could change. They could do a lot of different things in this situation, but I just don't know if the Packers can get after the quarterback or get to a point where they're able to start pinning their ears back. And I don't know how the bears block their front. And I think that's the biggest thing that green Bay could have as an advantage on the defensive side of the ball in this game. If they don't, if they're not able to get after the quarterback, that's when things can get a little dicey because Eric Stokes, is a rookie, and I know he's had some nice moments, but he's also had some rookie moments, so that can get a little scary. Shamar John Charles, uh, the highlight of his season so far is getting his ankles broken by Joe Mixon, and I'm not faulting him for that. A lot of people are going to get their ankles broken by Joe Mixon, but not a whole lot there so far. Rasul Douglas and Quentin Dunbar both just got here, so it's hard to expect them having anything uh, ready by Sunday afternoon. Shannon Sullivan, who... He's a really nice backup, I think, is what we've learned over the last year and what five games. If he's your dime back, you're in good situations. But he's being asked to do a little too much than I think of what he's able. And on the other side, Kevin King is playing with a shoulder injury. Or while well, he's didn't practice today, has a shoulder injury. And I know everybody that listens to this podcast hates Kevin King and acts like he's the worst cornerback in the NFL. And that's I'm sorry, that's not true. He played well on Sunday. That's not to say I think he's a great player. But he did play well on Sunday, gave up three catches that were pretty much trivial. And those aren't scrubs that he was going. I can't stress this enough how impressive the Packers defensive performance was play to play. Situationally, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, play to play, very good against Jamar Chase, who's not a normal rookie because he's playing with his college quarterback. So he's already got that chemistry thing down. 
T Higgins, who every Packers fan loves to remind me that they could have had him instead of Jordan love and Taj Boyd their uh, or Tyler Boyd, excuse me, their slot receiver, really good players. And then you add in the backside of the backfield, like the Packers gave up 22 points. And realistically, again, if a situation here, there goes a little different. They're not that far off from making that game a boat race. And us saying like, man, they are really good or playing really well on the defensive side of the ball situationally. Okay. I get it. You know, at the end of the half, the Packers have been atrocious. Uh, the, the situational defense in the red zone, they've given up 19, some outrageous number of touchdowns in a row. Matt LaFleur can say statistics are for losers. Shout out to Mike McCarthy, all he wants, but that is something that the Packers need to correct. Now the law of averages states it's going to correct itself to some degree, but they got to figure it out because you can't have it automatic where a team gets, you know, but it's easy to move the ball between the twenties easier than ever to move the ball between the twenties. So you have to stop guys or at least limit teams to field goal attempts, because like we saw on Sunday, field goal attempts are just that attempts. Now there's a lot of good kickers in this league. Green Bay has one. Chicago has one too, but I'd rather a kicker try to give a team three points than know that the team has six. That's math. I'm not giving any groundbreaking analysis there. It just makes sense. They need to be better situation. And I do look forward today, I believe is when they'll have coordinator availability to listen to what Joe Barry has to say about how they're going to execute better or what their thoughts are on trying to execute on that better because it's, it's not good enough. And right now, as we sit here, like I mentioned, this Packers team is compared to the team, the league's elite. And that includes on the other side of the conference too, where you have Baltimore and Kansas city and, and Buffalo and, and teams like that. This team right now, the way that it's playing is not good enough to win a championship. Now that's not to say that they can't be because I believe they can. I, I believe they can be good enough. They need one of Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander to not be ruled out for the rest of the regular season and the playoffs. Uh, if those guys are out, both of them, I really struggle to see this team be good enough to win a Super Bowl. Now, the offense, I know it's been clunky at times, but I think that's going to stabilize itself because I do think that as well as this line has performed, and they have, and I give them all the credit in the world, especially last week, a good Bengals front facing off against Yosh Nyman, the third string left tackle, backup center Lucas Patrick, and Royce Newman and John Runyon, who are both essentially rookies. And the Packers did really well at keeping Rodgers upright, but there's so many things they haven't been able to do from the Matt LaFleur offense because of this offensive line. Now, Alton Jenkins is practicing today. That's a big deal. Josh Myers, same thing. David Bakhtiari is eligible to start practicing here on Monday after this week. Whether or not he will remains to be seen. Uh, he did tear his ACL last year in late December, early January. So we're right at that nine month mark. I would guess if he's ready to start practicing, you don't see him playing a game until Kansas city in November, maybe that Seattle game, uh, November 14th. But I would be, there's, I feel very good about saying that David Bakhtiari is not playing against Washington and he's not playing four days later uh, against the Arizona Cardinals either. And this is a big stretch for the Packers. As I, as I bring up that last point here is, Green Bay is four and one, and you almost feel like you're stealing at four and one at this point because they got their ass kicked in week one. 
They're 0-1. It's a disaster. They beat the Lions, which, okay, like they should do that. Even in, even bad Packers teams beat up on the Lions for the most part. Then you get to San Francisco where nobody's picking the Packers to win because Elton Jenkins isn't healthy. Nick Bosa is going to wreck the backfield. Some idiot that's on this podcast right now said stuff like that and picked the Niners to win. They didn't. You steal that win, you're two and one. You win at home against Pittsburgh, you're now three and one. And win a game against the Bengals that you tried almost every way fashionable to give away and lose, but you didn't. So now you're four and one and you're without, this can't go, I, I don't think this can go unnoticed. And I don't think it's been talked about because, you know, whenever the national media, it's been talked about locally here, I'm sure. But, you know, whenever the national media talks about the Packers, it's just Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae, which great. Those guys are great players, awesome players, MVP level players. No question about it. But this Packers team is playing without their starting left tackle, an all-pro starting left tackle, their backup left tackle, who the Packers told Albert Breer before the season started might be the best offensive lineman in all of football. That's just on the team, in the league, and not just guard, (laughs) the best offensive lineman in all of football. That's incredible to me. They're missing him. Their best pass rushers, Zadarius Smith, has played 20 snaps, and he's not playing for a very long time. I don't think he's going to play at all. Jair Alexander, they're all pro corners, missed the last game and a quarter, and he's going to be out, I would guess, and I'm just guessing, the earliest that he will return is November 7th against Kansas City. So you're without those guys. And then they played without Josh Myers on Sunday. They're missing so many of their good players and acclimating new guys that are here. Amari Rogers, third round pick, basically done very little. Randall Cobb, I know he's played with Rogers before, but acclimating him into the offense took some time. Oh, yeah, and they're missing their deep threat. Game on Wisconsin's buddy, Marquez Valdez Scantling, hasn't played a snap in a couple of weeks because of a hamstring injury. And this offense can get better when he gets back on the field because he's their only speed threat on the roster as of right now. Something they got to hurry up and figure out. This team now enters a game against Chicago. They're four and a half point favorites going into Chicago. I've mentioned all the numbers before. You got to feel good about that. I'm picking Green Bay to win. Spoiler alert. So I think they'll be five and one. And then you have a home game against Washington to get you to six and one. And you should, they'll be favored against Washington. And that'll be a game where they'd probably be favored if it was in Washington as well. That matters. So keeping all that together. And then you add in that right now, Green Bay's, tied for second in the conference with teams like Tampa Bay. Uh, Arizona is pacing the conference currently at 5-0. and The Rams are 4-1. and The Cardinals right now are going to take on the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. That's a flip of a coin. It's in Cleveland. And then you get to the following week where the Cardinals take on the Texans. So they're going to be favored by a boatload, and they're probably going to win that game. Let's just say they split. Now you're both 5-1 and going into a Thursday night game in Arizona where you could be getting back David Bakhtiari, probably not. And Jair Alexander, also like I mentioned, probably not. But still, a potential big statement type of game that these are the Green Bay Packers and they are for real. They're learning how to win, and I think the big deal is that they are going to get better as the season starts. So continues, I should say. The big thing now, who's going to win on Sunday? Like I mentioned, I am picking Green Bay. I think that the biggest thing here is and I love, I do, I like Justin Fields. And that doesn't change because he wears a C on his helmet now. But he's just, and this Bears offense and the way that it needs to be run is just not ready to go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense that 
threw up almost 500 yards last week and couldn't get out of their own way. Like this week, I think they do. I think they're able to get some bigger plays in the running game with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, Devontae Adams against Jalen Johnson. That's a big matchup. I, and the bear killer, Randall Cobb, is on this team again. I think you could see him have another big type of day. And the Bears' defensive backs outside of Jalen Johnson leave a lot to be desired. So I'll be curious to see how that plays out. And I look forward to Robert Tunyon getting in the end zone. I think that's going to be something that that happens this weekend. So I like Green Bay 31 to 20. Thank you for listening. For those of you that made it this far into the show, hopefully all of you, I promise that I will bring my friends back next week with me so they can carry me throughout the course of the show. Like I mentioned, follow the show at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me personally. I'm at Jacob Westner. And if I could ask you to do me a favor, go to Game on Wisconsin on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, and subscribe to the Packaday Podcast on YouTube as well. You get Andy Herman every morning that way. Sunday carries a big um, meaning for myself. Uh, those of you guys that have followed along for a while, uh, you guys know about my cousin Carly that was shot and killed last year in North Carolina. Her uh, birthday is on Sunday this week. So I am actually speaking at her memorial this Sunday. So I'm going to miss probably a good chunk of this Bears Packers game. Um, but I just wanted, I'm not saying that for pity or anything crazy like that. This is obviously way more important than that. Just wanted an opportunity to uh, dedicate this show to her and her family who uh, were gracious enough to ask me to do that. So I'm very appreciative of that. And I look forward to honoring her memory. Uh, thank you guys for listening along. Uh, that's enough of the sad stuff. And we will see you guys next week with Jimmy and Maggie back. happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com